Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, really man. Is. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't remember the last few weeks. Cause, yeah, it's okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, it is good to be back. Uh, I've been on a lot of medication. Okay, well, uh, that explains some things. But uh, yeah. so um, is, is that all but, panning out now? Uh, yeah, it seems to. I seem to have more control of uh, uh, things. You know, okay. <laughs> things, yeah. Do you want to go into any more detail about uh, what sort of medication or any of that? Well, it was you know I'm in a lot of physical pain. Uh, uh, and my back. I always forget that. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to hear that. I yeah, did. my uh, back is mm. uh, is getting worse and worse, and Yikes. I I, I just I, I try the physical therapy. I try to do this and that. It just doesn't. Nothing seems to work. I just think, I think. You know, it's it's because of years of physical comedy when I was in my twenties and thirties, and now it's like caught up with me and stuff right. like that. And you know, it's like Jerry Lewis. He got he got hooked on painkillers because of the same thing. All the yep. physical comedy he did. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm dealing with that, but I'm okay. You know, I uh, um, it's not like I have to go dig ditches or anything like that. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, you're you're uh, slaving away over a. a, a hot computer there at the, uh, yeah. the campus huh yeah you know uh but you know there's times when you know you just feel good you know and i'm sure a lot of people uh, who listen to the show who are kind of in our age in range or whatever or maybe younger maybe older you know it's like you know you're feeling good and all of a sudden you go down to tie your shoe and all of a sudden there's a sharp pain from your lower back all the way up to your neck Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't know uh, uh, if you're there yet, but I, I've, I've been there. I've, I'm there. Well, the past year or two, I've been there. Well, and you know, I was telling you, you know, I was, I was sleeping and had the collapsed lung. So, uh, yeah, I, I do. I can relate on some level. Yeah, that uh, things can happen when you're not really expecting anything. Right. Yeah. So uh, you kids out there, take care of yourselves, you know. Uh, but uh, what's going on with you, man? Oh, uh, well, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, more beautiful weather here in the city, uh, doing some, some light gardening, uh, there in our, in our free time while the, uh, while the weather is nice. But, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the music business seems to be snapping back. Um, you know, I don't know how long it will last, but, uh, but, you know, I told you I, I restarted my uh, Steady Friday night gig uh, this past week. And apparently that's already been extended through May. And I was looking at my calendar. Trying to, what gig is that? Remind it's, me. It's the, the, the trio gig. It's this kind of newish band, uh, uh, Los Tremolo. Jewish Kings. band? Uh, newish. Newish oh, with I, an N. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Los Tremolo <laughs> Kings. It's kind of a, a Chicha trio, which Chicha is kind of like like Peruvian or Mexican uh, surf music, like guitar, kind of somewhat psychedelic, a lot of instrumental. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. But uh, so, so doing that, and actually we were playing a gig on, on, on Friday, and someone in the audience came up and hired us for a, a, another engagement. But, but I was looking at my calendar uh, for the couple of weeks going ahead, and for the first time since COVID hit uh, in 
I have a 12 day stretch where I have 10 different gigs, you know, like some are live gigs and some are recording sessions, but man, that's, uh, I, I certainly didn't think that would be going on in, uh, in, in April, you know, a few months ago. So, so that's encouraging. Okay. I, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Man. Thank it's you. probably better than you just sitting at home, you know, uh, tuning your bass, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, can only, only occupy myself for so long. There's only yeah, four yeah. strings. It doesn't take that long, you know, and nobody right. really cares if the and bass is in tune anyway. So, you know, uh, yeah. your wife works from home. You can't watch porno. Right. So, right. You know, so, uh, um, it's been tough. It's been a tough year for you. <laughs> it's yeah, been really, a tough year for everybody, man. Not, not me. I, I've enjoyed well, this time off. Right, right. But I've enjoyed getting the free money and not having to deal with people, all that stuff. It's okay. been fun for me. Okay, well, <laughs> but even you have have had to, you know, live in this environment where everyone else is stressed out. So it, you know, it can't be. It, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's true. Speaking of stressed out, did you mm-hmm. hear today uh, somebody, I don't know who, but they stole an ambulance from Turo Hospital? No, really? Yeah, they, it was, there was nobody in the ambulance, and I guess they left the keys in it, the, the, uh, the guy who had the and somebody just walked in it and just took off. And huh. they started okay. driving around uh, uh, uptown and it, it, it ran into four or five vehicles mm. and hurt, hit or hurt pe- like three people. Oh, geez. And then the f- ambulance was found on Earhart and Pine Street with nobody there. They, they just abandoned the ambulance. It was just a kind of a joyride or something. Huh, maybe, okay. maybe the person thought there was some kind of drugs or in the ambulance and stuff. Right, like right. That, yeah. Well, you know, uh, but those three people they hit. Hmm. They had to wait hours for an ambulance. Oh yeah, geez, it's <laughs> ironic, know? huh? Yeah, it's kind of crazy going nuts there that they had to wait that long because no, no, uh, there had been one right there. There, had, there was one right there, right? But there was no driver, nobody there to take them to the hospital. So I, I, I don't know what happened to those people. Yeah, but, uh, it's uh, terrible, man. Innocent bystanders involved, uh, you know, through no fault of their own. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we've had like a lot of uh, news, you know, uh, um, uh, people have died. I, I wanted to put a, a, a shout out to a couple of people who died about a week or so ago. Hmm. Uh, actors uh, George Siegel and Jessica Walter. Yes. They both died. Yes. And uh, they were my friends. I love those people. They were great. And uh, sure. we always talk about Jessica Walter because she was in... She was in that movie, Play Misty, for me. Yes, yes, she was. And then later on, she was in uh, Arrested Development, classic right, role yeah. for her. You know, she was yeah. like, so one of those women that, even as she aged, she retained uh, a sex appeal, I thought. You know, even, even when she was, you know... In, well, in- she was, like, off the radar for a very long time. It seemed like the 80s and 90s, you didn't... I, you know, she could have been dead and no one knew, you know. I don't right. know, but then she, she made a comeback with uh, that sitcom... Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of comebacks, okay, um, America's Most Wanted is back on the air. Remember that show? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's back on the air. It's a different host. It's not that uh, guy who's, uh, I forget his name, but America's Most Wanted is back. And mm-hmm. I'm a little pissed off because they still haven't done my story. You know, they, I'm waiting and waiting. 
for them to do oh, my story, you know, uh, you know, about looking for you. Yeah. Looking for me. One of the most wanted, <laughs> you know, so I'm a little pissed uh, that uh, they, you know, that they, they, uh, they're not looking for me. Well, maybe nah. there will be, maybe the, maybe the reboot, uh, you know, you'll get your chance, man. You know, if they, uh, maybe well, knock on, knock on wood. Let's hope. Right. Let's right. Hope. Right. Cause right. I, uh, I haven't had a gig in a while, so it'd be nice to get on TV, you know. Again. Sure, sure. Well, you know, yeah. some some more publicity before the uh, mayor's race, which is you know right. kind of around the corner, you know. Just, exactly. Uh, man. And uh, apparently, our guest says he's uh, has some some interest in the race himself. So it's we the fur may fly a little bit later in this uh, this podcast, Manny. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the the mayor's race, <laughs> our first our first debate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Could be tonight. Yeah. Could All be right, tonight. Nice. Um, well, you know, I, I have a, uh, for both of y'all, I, I think I have a winning strategy against our current mayor because so, uh, you know, Manny and I, uh, Manny, you and I have spoken about, uh, you know, fighting these, uh, school zone tickets, the, uh, the, the school zone camera speeding tickets. Yeah. And we won. We're winning. We have won. Yes. When, when we were able to go in in person and speak to the, uh, the city attorney, yes, we both had, had, had wins. Now the last one that I disputed, uh, which again, I certainly would have won, but they wouldn't let you go in. They had to do it remotely. And I tried to do that and they never could make the video connection work. So I wound up having to do it, uh, through the mail and I, uh, printed out all this stuff you know photographic evidence i had a map i had a big long uh you know narrative and i sent it all in and i got the rejection notice the other day saying uh general denial was oh <laughs> basically wow. it was fuck you pay me you know it's like we don't care what your what your excuses are what your legitimate reason why you shouldn't be uh charged fuck you pay me and i thought i, I was thinking back to you know when latoya cantrell ran for mayor our current mayor one of her big uh, platform points was that we're going to get rid of those uh, red light cameras, get rid of those speeding cameras. Yep. And she, that's true. That's she true. Said she said it over and over and over and over. Yeah. Again, and everybody voted for her. No, no, I, I, I did not just to clarify, but okay. Some people did. Okay. Know. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm saying a lot of it, 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 I don't think anybody voted against her because she wanted to get rid of those anyway. So once she was elected, then she, she got very cute about it and she said, Oh, well I'm taking out some of them. I didn't say I was going right. to take out all of them. Right. It's like, well, yes, you did. If you don't say that ahead of time. Yes. You know, if you say I'm taking them out, that means all of them anyway. Wow. So if I was running against her, every time I'd get into in a debate, I would say, Miss Cantrell, what about, the speeding cameras what about those those uh, school zone cameras and i would hammer on that over and over and over again and every every rebuttal that she would have to try to slice it and and say oh well i meant this or you should should have uh, i would have just kept repeating that same thing and i know you're good at that kind of thing man you're just repeating what? one little one catchphrase you know so I would, <laughs> I would i would hammer on her on on that i don't know that's just my suggestion well the 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 one thing I've always wanted to say at one of these forums or debate, I've always wanted to just scream out, you know, after like you rebuke somebody, you know, uh, I just, I've always wanted to just say, answer my question. Because <laughs> they don't answer the question. That's the right, thing. That's the right. beauty with these, these, 
these career politicians and stuff. They never answer the question. And are you really surprised that she's, you know, it's like George Bush when he said no new taxes. And a few years later, we had taxes, you know. Right. Well, I understand if circumstances change, but that wasn't the case with the with the red light uh, or the, 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 the automated cameras. You know, now I understand the city needs money. I, I would have a few suggestions. Maybe you should stop uh, exempting all these businesses and certainly all the church owned property oh. that it's not churches. Oh. I think if you got all that stuff on the tax rolls, I think we would have more than enough money to run the city. But, you know, it's, uh, again, not my call. It's a vicious, vicious little cycle uh, that's been going on way too long. And, you know, we'll see. You know, my big thing this year, I think, is I'm going to uh, uh, my I'm really going to hit hard on my campaign promise for nine day weekends. Okay. I really think nine-day weekends are going to really uh, help this city out a lot. Financially, financially, uh, you know, the business, especially like the entertainment for you guys. The okay. entertainment business will do so much better if we have nine-day weekends. Okay, it's going to require a whole retooling of the ca- calendar, but maybe that will create some jobs also. So, you know, man. There you it could, go. Could be a win-win. There you win, go. Maybe. I know. It's crazy going nuts. But okay. uh, but listen, there was a, a, when, I, when I mentioned George Siegel and Jessica Walter died, I also wanted to mention, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the royal family, mm-hmm. but uh, this guy, what's his name, Prince Philip, died at the age of 99. Yeah. You know, and it um, wasn't much of a, I, mean, I don't consider him a friend, but, you know, I, I, like a year ago or something, uh, uh, my wife got me into that show, The Crown. Okay. Did you get it into that show, The Crown? I, I haven't watched it. I see it. Is that a good show, Manny? Is that a, you, would you recommend that? I, you know what? Uh, yeah, I do. I do recommend it. Okay. My wife's a big royal family person. She likes following, you know, the, she knows the history. My wife. And her mother are big history buffs when it comes to the royal okay, family. So, so she knows I mean, she, that those people are really German, right? The, uh, the <laughs> well, yeah, she knows yeah, all yeah. about that. Too. And <laughs> the first season, the first season explains all that too. Okay, good. good, uh, good. So, and the acting is really good. But the guy who they have playing Prince Philip um, in the younger years and into the middle age years, into like the eighties, is. Um, one of the Doctor Who uh, guys, the guy who played Doctor Who. My 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 daughter knows him. Okay. But but he does he does such a f- really freaky impersonation of Prince Philip, and I'm going to try to do it justice right now. But he talks, I, and I've seen interviews with Prince Philip's, uh, uh, and he, he talks kind of like, "Yes, we're going to have a parade now, and it'll all be exciting for everyone." Yes. So I've been. <laughs> So once it's a, a little star- bit like Peter Laurie, but uh, yeah. it's kind of like, but that's the way this, it comes off in the right. crown. Right. Okay. And so I, I started, and that was anytime he came on, I just wanted to listen to him talk because it would be like, you know, yes, yes, Margaret, I'm going to fuck you now. I'm going to fuck <laughs> you really good and hard now. <laughs> you know? So anyway, you should All check right, it out right, just, yeah, yeah, just to see if my, per- if my impersonation does it justice. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I'm intrigued. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, maybe the whole nation will get into yes, this. Yes, yes, Renee. Uh, check, out, check out the crown. It <laughs> sounds more like Peter Laurie all the time. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. I, I'm a Peter Laurie fan as well, so uh, so right. that's, that's cool with me. All right. So anyway, 
any any other uh, any other pressing issues before we no get to no no uh, no. Uh, okay, well, as I as I told you last night, the past couple of days on the strength of our uh, you know cavalcade of stars and just the general build of the podcast, we are at our highest uh, listenership levels yet in the history of the podcast. So. Yeah, I'm going to need, when we get off the air, I'm going to need to talk to you again about that because I really wasn't listening much to you last night. I was kind of watching, I was kind of watching a show and talking to you at the same time. Okay, well, I can so go you're gonna have. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to read I'll, I'll give you a recap. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's okay. no problem. I know it's exciting news. It's, it's all good exciting. news, Manny. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in continuing that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not letting up. It's a uh, pedal to the metal, man. We got the, you know, we're bringing in the big guns talent-wise. So, so anyway, tonight's guest is uh, he's a, a guy of... of I actually met him on the, the Ingrid Lucia bandstand. You know, so Ingrid for Ingrid always had great bands. You know, That's true. A, a variety of players, yeah. and uh, and this is a, a fellow that you know I'd known him before that, but then we got to play together and you know really fell in love. You know, play a couple of bars with this guy and you go, oh yeah, that's the shit right there. Anyway, so uh, he's a great drummer, singer, MC, uh, piano player, songwriter, band leader, actor, DJ, on and on and on. Uh, Without further ado, the great Mr. Derek Freeman. Welcome, What Derek. is happening, guys? I've been enjoying um, hey. y'all's conversation. I'm using my quotation fingers when I say that. Um, okay. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to have more debates with Manny. You know, it might just be me and him, but it'll be fun. You know, I, I, I could see the two right. of you guys taking over the right, debates, exactly. You know, if, like everybody else kind of fading into the background. Well, you know, a lot of these the 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 campaigns that they have where there's an incumbent, it scares a lot of the, you know, the the more establishment candidates out. So it just leaves, a, you know, a, a, a smaller field. And, you know, I think you guys might be able to dominate this. I'm looking forward to that. Well, uh, <laughs> yes. Derek. You got three, you got three hundred and seventy five dollars. Uh, I do. I, I, actually, somehow, somehow yes. I do. <laughs> do you have seven? Do you have seven hundred and fifty dollars? Mm, I don't know. Maybe this weekend. Because that's how much it's going to take to to get your name on the ballot. Either seven hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred. I think I, I think I could probably make that happen. I think I could. I think I can find okay. about a thousand people to give me seven hundred and fifty dollars to run against Latoya. Okay. Uh, Oh, yeah, I right, gotta, right, right, introduce yeah, yeah. me to some right. of your friends. Uh, <laughs> no, but Renee's right. Renee's right. Because the mayor now, Latoya Cantrell, is the incumbent. She gets to run one more time. So hist historically, it shows that not too many people run against the incumbent. You get very few. But once the incumbent can't run anymore... That's when you get, yeah. you know, 25, 30 crazy motherfuckers Obviously. who, but, but you know, the, the only thing I don't understand about her, well, I don't want to say the only thing, because I guess there's lots of things I don't understand about her, but she, let's just start with, like, current day. Like, how the fuck is she not taking credit for the vaccines? I'm like, we're leading the nation in fact, like, we're actually leading the nation in something, like, good for once. What the fuck? She's she had, like, you know, yeah. Miss Landry would have been on, like, Rachel Maddow and Bill Maher and fucking he'd have been, sure, you know, he'd have been right. taking full credit you're for that right. shit. I'm like, but you can get on TV and talk about all the dumb bad shit you do all the time. Like you, why is she 100%. not taking? So I'm like, this was further gives me um reason to think that she's not qualified. She ain't qualified to be married. Now you don't even know how to fucking flex when you're supposed to. How do, how do, I'm, 
Right. 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 There. Yeah. She's poorly advised, perhaps. Definitely poorly. Just doesn't have. Yeah, great, just, doesn't have great right. instincts. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, well, Derek, I'll tell you. Let me tell you a couple of things about her. Four years ago, uh, I actually sat next to her on some of these debates and uh-huh. forums. And we have an election this Saturday. Uh, I, another I, election. I voted weekend. already. It's all good. But well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the uh, con- congressional district seat between um, Troy Carter between, and uh, Karen Carter yeah. Peterson. Karen Carter Peterson. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, <laughs> just, just hold. Just look. Just hold your nose when you go into the booth. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope like yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, I always take tissue. Right, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? When <laughs> right. I go to the booth. But, um, and I spent a, quite, a few, quite a few minutes in that booth. Yeah, because um, it anyway. brings you back to the quarter booths. That's what makes yeah. you think of, yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> right, right, right. The porno video booths, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get these flashbacks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, because uh, Troy Carter ran for mayor, and he's a guy who just wants to run for anything. If he, there's a seat he got slaughtered when he ran for mayor, too. <laughs> I know, he did get slaughtered. But at this and then form, he got exiled to Baton Rouge for 10 years, because that is the fucking purgatory <laughs> of New Orleans politicians, is state congress <laughs> where you can accomplish absolutely nothing. Like, what, like, right. like it's, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, that cat, though, that cat from Baton Rouge, who ran, but he didn't make Gary the Chambers. runoff. What's his name? Yeah. Now he's somebody to yeah, watch. Exactly. Yes. He should. Yes, he should run next star. time because this. Yeah. Th- first of all, come on. First of all, Congress only has like two more sessions before whichever asshole wins is going to have to start running again anyway. So Gary Chambers is in a perfect position. Right. Like, let them go and make an ass out of themselves for a few months in Washington. What the hell is Troy Carter going to do in Washington? Come on, bro. I'm just saying, like, right. So, right. like, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna hit right. the buffet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That guy eats on, a man. lot. Because that just because okay. Getting back at, real quickly, this forum right. that I was at with Tory Carter, Latoya, and some of the other candidates, it was the most hilarious thing because the questions went and okay, you answer it, you answer it. You, everyone gets sixty seconds right. or whatever. And I happened to be sitting next to Latoya. And she gives her answer. I give my little answer. And a couple of people later, Troy Carter gives his answer. And the whole time, every question, every question Troy Carter answered, Latoya was whispering in my ear, fuck, liar, liar, that's not right, liar, liar, that's not right, uh-uh. that's not right, liar. <laughs> and I know, and she, might, like she, 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 she will deny it, I'm sure, if I bring oh, it up. Yeah. But uh, it is, I don't believe in a God or anything like that, but I'll swear on something. Right. It's 100% true. She, it was the most hilarious thing. It was like, hmm, you really have it out for this guy, don't you, Latoya? <laughs> well, uh, that yeah. makes me like her more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, qualifying is in July. Um, and then the elections in October. And if there's a runoff, it'll probably be after. I might be Christmas. on the farm. I might be on the so, farm in California smoking weed in July. So maybe I won't run. But if okay. I'm in town, sure, fine. Well, I'll, you- I'll register. Why not? Fuck it. All right. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, well, well. Well, you know what you can do. Be- mm-hmm. Hold on a second. What yeah. you can do before you go to California, you can. You can just make a press release that right. you are running. No, I just know. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just get a billboard on the fucking high rise. <laughs> just be like, <laughs> be like, I'm running for mayor. Fight, like, say something. What? Yeah. I'm running for mayor. What? That'd be cool. Yeah. 
I mean, you can announce that you're right. running for mayor and still not qualify, then you can maybe get a Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I might just, like, make a whole mockery of the whole thing yeah. and just say I'm running the whole time and never – like, is he even registered? Like, right. no, nah, he's not. Yeah. And then what, ha- what right. will happen is you can, like, since you're not actually on the ballot, and you can actually endorse me. See? See? <laughs> right. Okay. All right. I got a got a whole plan all going right. here. Oh well, uh, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, well. Uh, maybe we should get to your music yeah, here, Derek. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's extensive. Before, before I ruin it, so Leo, let's change the subject. <laughs> right, right. 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 Well. Well. Uh, well, Derek. I know you you played with with Kermit Ruffins for like twenty yeah. years or so, and and you've been in New Orleans uh-huh. for a long time. Were you born in New Orleans, or you came here? I from came somewhere from else? Houston, Texas. Uh, um, um, okay. Which you know, which because you you play like you sound like you're from yeah, New Orleans. I wouldn't have known. I mean, that I have um, I have many connections um to the city um uh, like family wise and um, yeah, I just happened to grow up in Houston because my my mother um worked for Texaco. Um. Okay. And I know you you studied with with uh, you know at yeah. UNO under Ellis, right. and you studied with Shannon Powell yeah. a lot. And there's a there's a certain style that that's very um, specifically New Orleans. It's it's that swing feel, but it's not really it's not like a straight eighth note feel. It's kind of halfway between second line and a swing feel. It's kind of a broken swing. It, yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny because like. Uh, when I was in high school, I was I was a, a, a classical musician. I, I did play in a jazz band. Um, <clears throat> I played like vibraphone in a jazz band. And oh, okay. Whoever was the drummer at the time had to like leave the school. I was I was at the I went to a performing arts school in Houston. Um, uh-huh. So I ended up playing drums in the jazz combo. And at the time, when I was a senior in high school, I was a huge fan of. Of Shannon Powell and her and O'Reilly, but not, but not, but not even like yeah. really, re- even really realizing they were from New Orleans. I was just like, Winton was like God to all of us. I mean, I graduated in nineteen ninety two, so just think about the time period. Like, you know, like I'm, right. a, I'm gonna do literally whatever Winton tells me to do. And so I'm like, I was listening to nothing uh-huh. but her and O'Reilly, you know. And then um, yeah. Harry Connick had this trio record called Lofty's Wrote So Flay, which is him and Russell, him and um, and um, uh, what was the Ben? Shannon yeah. was a drummer, and yeah, okay. Shannon was a drummer in uh, Ben right. Wolf. It's a trio record, right? And I love this record, but like again, I don't know if I even realized um, Shannon or Herlin were like from New Orleans because you know all my like because the guys I went to high school with, like I went to high school with Jason Moran and um, and Chris mm-hmm. Dave and um, Eric Harlan, like all these East Coast jazz guys. Like Jason Moran got signed on Blue Note, right. like. Okay, like as soon as we graduated high school. So like all those guys, all those guys went to New York and Boston and DC. And I, I came to New Orleans because I got the scholarship from Ellis. But I I really want yes. I wanted to go to Juilliard. Like that was my, you know, I was I was one of those kids. And I did musical theater too. Oh, so okay. drums was something I did like in church, like drum set per se. Like I played classical percussion. Mm. You know, but like I started playing later in my high school at I was playing drum set and I just now na- I just um, gravitated towards um, the New Orleans guys, but not really realizing it. And then maybe a few weeks before I moved to New Orleans, uh, the band I was in, my high school jazz combo became like a professional jazz band. Like we were playing all over the city of Houston. So like, 
few weeks after I graduated high school, which was like a few weeks before I moved to New Orleans, we opened up for Harry Connick Jr. in the Woodlands in Texas. And like by some circumstance, mm-hmm. we were all in my friend Dave's station wagon. We had to pile all our instruments there and shit. So long story short, my cymbals fell out on the highway, like on I-45 in Houston. So when we got to the kids, I had to like sneak backstage and try to like meet Shannon so I could ask him if I could borrow his cymbals. <laughs> that's, that's how I met Shannon <laughs> Nice. And of course he lent them to you. No, he was like, no, use my whole kit. And he was um his his dad, nice, Chinese, nice. um, uh his dad was 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 Harry's like valet. His dad was like the road guy. Um so he, okay. he told his dad, he's like, go set that kid up for the man outside. Cause we were playing like in a little foyer while the people walked in or whatever. And so, so I was okay. like, I, I was got pops, pops setting up. Right. So I was like, yo, I'm moving to New Orleans <laughs> in a few weeks. He was like, oh man, take my number when you get there, call me. And that, that's how that happened. Yeah. Nice, man. Oh, boy, you right. couldn't have uh, made a better uh, connection than that. Holy cow. So when did you go to you? From 92 to about 98 ish. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Do they still have the sandbar there? Yeah, I play the sandbar a lot, actually. It's yeah, still there, still yeah. Have it, huh? yeah. 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 Because apparently that was one of the. It is still maybe one of the only colleges that actually has a. Bar and you know, and you know, and the thing campus. about that is, we found out pretty early on. It's like you know how you get your log, your, your your card that you buy your food on or whatever. Like you, they give yeah. you like a certain amount of money for a semester. Well, we, we found out we could buy yeah. pictures of beer on our cards. It's changed change the game. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we all ran out of grocery money by like October because it was fine. It was like, <laughs> uh, right. Drank it's, it all. It's right, like, right, right. It's like, did you know we could get pictures of beer on your, your fucking meal, on your meal card? Right. Right, on exactly. Your meal plan, your meal plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, UNO forever was the only college in America. It actually had a bar. <laughs> you could just go and get hammered yeah, it, if you it, want. It, 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 it opened at like 11 a.m. too. Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An right. eye opener. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Well, so you're studying jazz and, and, and pl- playing in jazz at, right. at UNO. How do you get into the New Orleans club scene? What's, what's your first uh, entree into, you know, just playing club? Well, games? Cafe Brazil was first because um, they had all the cats. I mean, Jeremy Davenport and Nicholas Payton and Andre Carter and and um, Martin Butler and, and Jeff Clapp and all those okay. guys were doing a Monday jam session right. at uh, Cafe Brazil. And at some point, me and Paul Longstreth, like, took over the jam session. Like, it, Andre Carter was running it, and then he got, like, a gig with Butt Weez Zydeco and left. He's like, I'm going on tour for six months. You take the gig. <laughs> so my first club experience was like Brazil. I used to play Brazil every Monday. And I started meeting the cats because like Shannon would come in or James Andrews would come in or Kermit would come in or, you know, uh, Corey Henry would come in. So right. And then at some point, William Terry, he was still playing saxophone at the time, which is crazy. He was playing tenor sax. And you know, Will talks. He's very, he's got that low voice. He's like, hey, man, you know, you need to go to Joe's. I'm like, what's Joe's? He's like, Joe's Cozy Corner. I'm like, all right, yeah. And now bear in mind, up until this point, I was like a great student. Like I was on a dean's list the whole nine, right? And then one Sunday I went to Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> really? That, 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 that uh, changed the complexion of your, 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 
your thoughts about uh, oh, oh i was still studying and i was just going to a different school at that time <laughs> right 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 more in a, a more informal Basically, education yeah at that point, uh, right yes well it was, it was time it was time you'd spent six years in in uh in the you know the oh, was, wait no no so no no this uh, was like was, that was like my second year at uno when i Okay, that's why it took yeah, exactly. Now you understand. I, yeah, I, I see. Yes, it's all fall. All the exactly, pieces falling into exactly. place, Derek. Well, so you were that. That's the back of the the kind of early days or you know medium days of of uh, Frenchman Street before they had forty clubs on the street. Well, I me, mean, I, I got just had uh, I got car Africa. I got carjacked on Frenchman Street. And my drums got stolen out of my car on Frisbee Street. <laughs> I think I even got beat up on Frisbee Street. It's a way different street. Yeah, back then, of course. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it was better. Yeah, it was. You know? no, it in was, some ways it was, it was actually, but it, it wasn't it was it was just a different street than it is now. Clearly. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, you at least you didn't get uh uh caught on the end of a car and dragged right, the street all the way across the they, bridge. Oh, they still haven't West solved that Bank. crime either, oh man. That's God. fucked up, actually. No, I know. But they yeah, never no. will either. No, they're <laughs> never. It's parish. No, no, no. No, no. no. Well, well, so, so, how do you? Uh, is there any uh, significant activity between that and you getting in in uh, Kermit's band, oh, yeah. or how, what? Give us the timeline of that. So I was um. Yeah, I started going. To, basically, I started following Shannon Paul, like annoyingly following him everywhere. And, and, okay. And back then, you know, it. Shannon was notorious for double and triple booking himself. So, being his protege or protege slash lackey came with benefits. He's because sometimes he'd be like, "Hey, I need you to go do that gig at Snug Harbor with me." I'm like, "What?" So, like, this is how I got. In. So, I would walk in the club and it'd be like Betty Shirley and Layer Seabirth. They'd be like, "Who the fuck are you?" I'm like, "I'm the dude that's playing the gig tonight." They're like, "Um, right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess this is cool, but I don't know." So it's like. Shannon, like, go make the gig, you know? So, and then um, yes. Kermit, and basically, I was way cheaper than him. So when Kermit got his first European tour, he was like, hmm, I can give Shannon all the money, or, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or I can just get this oh, kid. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I'll go. You know what I mean? So that's really, that's really yeah, kind of happened, well, man. I was actually, like, a sub for a long, like, I wasn't really a fr- officially Kermit's drummer until I was, like, almost, like, 30 or 30, 30 31. Like, I was... I played with him for a bunch of years, and I was never actually his main drummer. You know what I mean? I was just, okay. I was just maybe right, the right. most responsible of the the group, or the most available, or the most the dude who showed up on time the most. I don't know. Just you know, like I got yeah, a lot yeah, of gigs well, with Kermit before I was actually his drummer, and mostly because I was just subbing for Shannon, kind of just like anywhere I could, you know, and and, and watching gotcha, Shannon. Gotcha. Like what happened was I was studying. Well, first. I had some great teachers too. Like in the first two years I was at UNO, um, I studied with Lee Beach, who was a great classical percussionist. Um, oh, sure. I studied with David Lee. Like the, um, I studied mm-hmm. with um, Johnny Vodakovich. And, um, and then at some point, I, I was like, I didn't sign up for a lesson, but I was on a scholarship and Ellis came up to me. I wish y'all could see me now because Ellis would talk to me the, the same way. Like up until he died, he looked at me and talked to me the same way with like this like slight air of disappointment. Like when he would just look over his glasses, he's like, Mr. Freeman, um, you did not sign up, sign up for a drum, drum lesson. And me at 19 years old, I'm like, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to study with none of these motherfuckers. <laughs> like I said it just like that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like how cocky am I? Ellis is like, well, okay, 
well, who do you want to study with? I was like, I was like, bro, Shannon Powell, Hurler Riley. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> I'm like, I should be in New York with the rest of my friends. This is ridiculous. Um, so then, like maybe two days later, Shannon showed up. He was there. Yeah, Ellis. Yeah. Ellis called him, called him in and said, Hey, 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 come teach yeah, right. a student of mine. Nice, man. Well, I was gonna right. I was gonna ask you if you had any good Ellis. Oh, yeah, you know, any, yeah, because uh, you know, advice, warnings. Just, uh, well, you know, if you, if you well, he busted think me and Shannon smoking weed. I was at the end of that, that's what I was getting to. Like if if you so when Shannon okay. <laughs> when Shannon gave me my first lesson at UNO, so the drum rooms were on the first floor, like next door to like Ellis and Harold Batty's office. So Shannon shows up, and again, I was already following Shannon. We were already friends, but now, but now he's like, "Cool." He's like, "Thank you for getting letting me get paid." <laughs> he's like, "I appreciate right, the check." Right, he's also right. then he was like, "But you know, I'm not coming to this fucking campus every week." He's like, "You just," he's like, "Just come to Vaughn's and stand behind me and watch my feet." He's like, "You got it." <laughs> I swear to God, yeah, this how Shannon was so funny. <laughs> so we're like, we're sitting down and we're talking shit. At, on campus, in my practice room, and Shannon lights a joint, and um, we're smoking a joint, and he's just talking about. He's asking me like, what kind of shit I want to learn. He's like, you know, I'm teaching this groove and this groove, and you need to make, be able to make this gig and make that gig, blah blah blah. And uh, we're just shooting the shit like we're like, you know, in the park or something. And fucking Ellis mm-hmm. busts through the door because neither one of us were smart enough to lock the door, obviously. So the door busts open, uh-huh. and the smoke just hits Ellis in the face. And it's like 30 seconds. And of course, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to get kicked out of school. Like, this is fucked up. And uh, Ellis is just like looked over the glasses. And he was like, Mr. Freeman, Mr. Powell, I don't hear much drumming going on in here. (laughs) That's all he said. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then like Shannon, like Shannon, like cussed him out and like slammed the door in his face. I was like, whoa, what? what?" I was like, what the fuck just happened? He was like, no, he's like, he's like, Ellis, just a cat, man. He's just like me. You don't worry about that shit. And that was like kind of, my, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And Ellis never brought that up to me. But then after that, like I said, that that look I told you, the over the glasses, slight disappointment look, that's when I started. Right. And right. it never ended. It never ended. <laughs> it was like that for 30 years. And he, even when I, because I played with him for a bunch of years too, you know, at Snug, every front. And so, okay. He, he, and if you if you notice the way people set up the drums now at Snug Harbor, which is sideways, where like you, the, the piano player and the drummer are eye to eye. That started because Ellis was like, nah. Yep. Like he was like locked on me the whole time. It would just be like, you know, just like, you know, piping me on stage. <laughs> but like Right, right, right. You right, exactly, exactly. Me, just looking at me dead in the eye the whole time. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, talk about so, uh, you know, f- fantastic situations to be, uh, to be, you know, developing the New Orleans right, exactly. vernacular right, yeah. under, holy cow. So, so you go to UNO? I was 18, I like just turned 18. From Houston? Yeah. From Houston, right. From Houston, and then, okay, so you, uh, so where do you, uh, you're living on campus, and after UNO, where do you live? Uh, I was staying in Delphio Marcellus' house in <laughs> uptown, uh, Carondelet and Toledano. Uh, with my good friend Eric Clay, you know Eric, uh, Eric Cassius Clay, the late Eric Cassius Clay, who was a trump trumpet player, you know, yes. became rapper, then became stage manager at Jazz Fest. Um, he died of cancer. Um, and then my boy Andre Carter, who still, um, who still plays and sings, he lives in Los Angeles now. Actually, just recorded with him, um, last summer in Los Angeles during COVID. We had like a lockdown um session. Um, that was cool. And uh, Glenn Patrick was standing there at the time. 
real real hot house over there. Like Joshua Redman would be there all the time. Brantford would come through. It was like one of those houses. Like right we had on. we had all the jam sessions there. We had multiple multiple pianos, multiple rooms. Um, you know, but then Delvio got married, and you know we all got cool. put out. Sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the fun couldn't last forever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. where do you live now? Well, now I stay uptown again. I stay in the Irish Channel, but I stayed in Mid City most of my adult life until 2018. And in 2018, I moved downtown with my ex-wife. <laughs> and when we when we get separated in 2019, okay. I moved to the Irish Channel, which is way better than downtown. Well, you're better off. I never really liked her. She's a, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, Manny, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe we should uh, take a little break and refresh our cocktails here. It seems like a, a good time. It is around. Yeah, mine that is getting time. low. Yes. I'm drinking uh, Woodford on the rocks. By the way, I don't know what we're drinking. That's, that's, oh, yeah, you know, that's okay. Smooth. I don't know what that is. But it sounds uh, good. Yeah. So let's take a break. The troubled nation knows what to do, and we'll be right back. Grandma Cunningham running fam. No Facebook or Instagram. Better send a telegram. Go in there and wash your hands. And don't forget the present on my Butter from the corner store in her robe. Moving slow in that store, you got to go. Don't forget to comb your fro. And later down when she's gone, watch you Maybe you can get some milk Maybe you can buy some weed. Cutting hair, yes, yeah, she got plenty. And come and eat some beans, cause your ass looks pretty. She's got that gangster in Kelly Green. Cornbread, mustard greens, a rack of jet magazines. Make sure you keep your drawers clean. And keep your dirty hands from my shiny beast. And we're back, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Mr. Derek Freeman. Now, Derek, we have a terrific company that we've been associated with for about a year now. And uh, they they they're a very dynamic company. They they're very responsive to the uh, the marketplace. It's uh, anyway, Manny. Why don't you go ahead and, and get right into the message of our great sponsor, Derek? I want to talk to you about a, a product called the Velo Bar. V E L O Bar. Yeah, oh, yeah? Velo Bar is a healthy protein bar that'll fill you up and calm you down. And the great thing about this bar, it's got twenty five milligrams of CBD per bar. Perfect mm-hmm. dose to take that edge off, baby. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And who doesn't need relief right now? The whole world's freaking out. This is a plant-based protein bar with superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. But most important, it's got 25 milligrams of CBD. We've been talking about it for a year now, Derek. And right now, Derek, if you go to VeloBarCBD.com, VeloBarCBD.com, 
and check out the two beautiful bars, chocolate, uh, dark chocolate and peanut butter. And they're both fantastic bars. And if you use the Troubled Men promo code, which is TroubledMen15, you get 15% off your order and free shipping. The nation yes. knows all about it. And I'm hopefully, I'm sure they've been sharing it too, sharing the information about the Velobar. And Derek, VelobarCBD.com, you get that 15% off with using the Troubled Men 15 promo code. But also, you can now, you can click on a link if you go to the website, you can click on some link and get their beautiful, delicious uh, D8 cookies, man. D8 cookies and brownies, right, Renee? Yes, it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, Delta Eight THC yeah. um, uh, cookie. So they have the it's a Great Escape cookie, chocolate chip cookie. They also recently came out with the Great Escape Space Cake. It's a vegan brownie. I definitely, I definitely need one. Oh, by the way, guys, I got my medical card. Did I tell you? <laughs> no, 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 we'll get we'll get into all that though. That's that's exciting news. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Yes, but, yes. but if you hit on that link to get the uh, D eight cookies and brownies. And if you use a troubled cookie one five, you also get fifteen percent off and free shipping. And these come in doses of what twenty five, fifty, and hundred milligrams. One hundred, yes, yeah. one hundred. We've had some oh, people yeah. uh, Jesus. on some. Uh, it's it's no. like, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So uh, you know. Uh, well, you yeah, know, yeah. Well, I got right. your body. <laughs> I got a free sample from the CEO, who's a former guest and a friend of mine, and I ate half a cookie. And I felt so good that I couldn't find the other half. You're still looking for the <laughs> yeah. other half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I was wondering oh, if maybe yeah. you ate that and, and don't remember it, Manny. And that's that's a possibility. Well, you know, anything's you know. possible, man. Right, 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 you know, right, right. I can't find my 63 Dodge Dart that I left on the corner yeah. of Sunset and Coanga. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did not eat that. So yeah, you know, I can't remember right, what right. happened to that car. So I, yeah. sure. Wait, Coanga all the way, like all the way to the PCH, or like up the hill? Who knows? Exactly. Coanga Sunset. I parked my car, and yeah, I, yeah. I just couldn't find it yeah. again. You know, <laughs> it's like I remember. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I, I happened to meet Joe Strummer. He's, you know, one of my idols, idols and I got yes. to be friends with him. I actually got to be friends with him. And uh, here's a funny story about him. He was recording one of his solo albums. And, uh, you know, you know, you guys know, cause you're a musician, sometimes just things aren't working in the studio. You have to take a break, you know, and he's, he, right. uh, he was recording. I think it was, uh, what's that? I don't remember the studio, but he told the band and the, the guy, the engineer, he said, I'll be right back. And they thought he was going to get a cigarette and he left for like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's a solid move, man. It gets, gets people's attention for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went out to the desert or something. I don't know what the hell happened. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But uh, you know, that's the way it is. But anyway, to close it up, Renee, uh, people know about the VeloBarCBD.com. Go to their thing. Check out the links with all the brownies and cookies, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing stuff, and it's taken the the nation and it's taken uh, the world by storm. Yes, yes, yeah, and all the links will be there in, in the in our Facebook page and the and the Troubleman Podcast, uh, you know, main page and and all that. It's it's easy to find, and uh, you know, as always, we want to uh, you know 
thank our 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 the 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 listeners who who support the Trouble Men podcast directly. We give a shout out to the great Suzanne Scovern, a powerhouse attorney, champion of the people, and great patron of the Trouble Men podcast. Now she's a a longtime listener and says she travels all over the world. And whenever she feels uh, slightly homesick, she can put on the Trouble Men podcast, and she's going to hear some some banter and uh, you know. She said she's learned so much about, you know, New Orleans music and how all these things are connected. And even now across the whole nation, how all these these musical connections work. And, uh, you know, she's someone who, uh, you know, other listeners have reached out and said, well, you know, I, I listen all the time, but I sometimes forget to support the podcast. You know, is there a, an ongoing way? And someone suggested starting a, a Patreon page. So we now have a Trouble Men podcast Patreon page. And the link will be there again in our show links and in the Facebook post. And we'll get into this more next time, but we have several tiers of, uh, of support. And the, the first one is a $5 a month tier. And the $5 level gives you access to all of our in, entire catalog. You know, there's no paywall here. We have over 150 shows. I, I looked, at, looked at it today. Manny, we have over uh, almost 200 hours of superstars and degenerates and tastemakers and misfits uh, talking with us here on the Troubled Men podcast. So, Wait, I, I, I literally fall under all those categories. That was that's great. Right. No, it's a, yeah, there's something for everyone, and, and some some guests check all the boxes. Yeah, right. I think Derek. It's the name of my yeah. next record, I think. <laughs> okay, well, I, I will loan that to you. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, if you want to support the, the Troubled Men podcast on an ongoing basis, because a lot of people, uh, you know, listen to all the episodes and, and sometimes support us, and some people listen to all the episodes and never support us. So, uh, you know... Uh, uh, get in the mix, you know, get invested in the Troubled Men podcast. You'll feel better. You know, it's uh, we're all going in the same direction together. Anyway, uh, more about that later. Back to our guest, the great Mr. Derek Freeman. Now, so Derek, we were talking about your your career, you know, as a as a drummer, a sideman, a melodic percussionist, and all the time you spent studying jazz and, and then playing, uh, you know, with Kermit and and in New Orleans, and I I know you guys played all over the place. I know you played in in the White House, and and maybe you'll give us a a, a couple of stories about <laughs> that. But right. but uh, starting about 2007, you start on your your juggernaut of of as a band leader, and uh, you, you you have you start bands like Smokers World, and. Uh, and then, then you start putting out solo records, and and then now you have uh, the Soul Brass Band, and that's expanded into just the Soul Band, which you have, you know, several other groups under, uh, you know, Band of Freeman, uh, MFG, on and on. Right. Well, talk right. about some of that, you know, because now you're now you're a rapper, and and uh, as well, in, in some of these, <laughs> these, these groups, I was telling you earlier before we got on the on the thing, you, you put out this record uh dwb i guess that stands for uh -huh. driving while black yeah i love that record man it's so Thank it's you. so uh so many different styles on it you have you know beautiful straight ahead big band arrangement featuring nicholas payton and then you have like a, a hip-hop tune with you rapping and you're a great rapper man i love you <laughs> i love your rap i appreciate that anyway now you're <laughs> for a while that's enough renee 
No, no, that, that's um, yeah, it, it was <laughs> uh, what you know, I was I was with Kermit for a long time. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was great. Um, I mean, it was great in a lot of ways. In, in retrospect, at the time, I kind of felt like I was I was being overworked, you know. But that was just because of of the drive I have. Like, so I somehow I ended up becoming like, you know. De facto road manager and yeah. <laughs> all these other things, just because I'm like, because I'm like so bougie and I want things to be correct. I was like, why don't you just let me handle that? You know? You're smart. So, you like, like things to be right. Yeah. No, I get that. Right. Yes. So, so having those experiences and Kermit is very like, like if you want to do that job, please do it because I'm I would like to drink, but like uh. chill out. Um, <laughs> so you know, like, <laughs> so um, I. Uh, a a happenstance of me doing no, that job for a while was that I developed relationships with promoters mm. and club owners, mm-hmm. you know, just for, from like advancing Kermit shows and, and whatnot. Yeah, you know. Sure. And so I started putting out records. People were like, "Why don't you bring your band here?" I'm like, uh, "Oh, okay." Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, why don't I do that? Oh, uh, that's a great. It's right. a, a great question. Um, so that's kind of started. And like, um. My, the Blurple Pain was my record that came out in 2012, and that Blurple Pain. So it's it's like a spoonerism on Purple Rain, sort of. It's uh, right, right. It's, but it was like I feel like it was more like a man of a festo because that was like the like dealing with all the Katrina stuff and all the things we were all the PTSD for years that followed. So that was kind of like I had to get that out. But right. the first record I put out it was in 2007, like you said, and it was mostly covers. This record I did with Jimbo Mathis up in Mississippi. Oh yeah, uh-huh. former guest. We love Jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a nutria hunter. <laughs> He'll eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jimbo and I produced a few things together. Actually, we um nice. Uh, neither, but uh, I, I like working with him a lot. Um, so yeah, it, it just turns out. Um, again, like I told you, I grew up playing classical music and gospel music, and I was a musical theater kid. You know, and then I came into jazz later. So I have all these other things that. I, I I like to use to express myself, like that you can't really do by playing being a jazz drummer, you know. Aside, man, right? <laughs> well, you know, I was right, right. I was looking at all those bands, and I was thinking, where does the work ethic come from? Now I'm starting to understand. But and then I, I went on to to say, you know, I know you're a big weed enthusiast. And, you know, right. weed is supposed to make people unmotivated, you know, a, a motivational yeah. syndrome. It doesn't seem to be having that effect on you. Yeah, obviously it doesn't have that effect on me. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I've, I had many projects. I mean, currently, like Soul Brass Band, Smokers World, and the Low End Theory Players are all still in, you know, active bands that I'm like actively booking gigs for. Right. And, and, uh, and uh, well, I have a trio too, a newfound trio that just started on my porch a few months ago. You know, so now that the gigs are opening back up, which you said at the beginning of this cast, that I'm starting to get gigs at the trio too. I'm sure you're um, seeing that too, right? You're seeing like the yeah, yeah. like the rubber band was pulled back so far, and now it's about to be released, and it's going to really it's it it feels like you know the the, the gigs are going to be coming back, and I'm thinking about all these single people out like people w- want to fuck. Man. Yeah, but I, it, well, that's yeah, true, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm one of them, by the way. Oh, so, whoever's listening, I'm single anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. ladies. That was, that, was, that was either here or there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I did that. Anyway, right, um, cool. we're um, I know we um, no. What I was trying to say though, yeah, because my bands, especially like brass band, is very not COVID friendly, and also. My hip hop cover band, which is like has like 
four rappers and three singers and you know it's like just too right it's hard to have a band with fucking 12 people on stage you know what i'm saying so sure um, sure i'm I'm looking forward to be, be being able to do those gigs again i mean i love my brass band and i love that everybody else loves it but it, but it's like it doesn't you know i still don't consider myself a brass band musician no it's just that i have so much irreverence for that um culture you know what i mean because i'm most of some of my best friends in life grew up in that, so right. I, always, I always feel uh, I feel like I'm a little infringent on it sometimes. But well, you have kind of it's kind of a hybrid band. It's it's sort of a you, yeah you, yeah exactly that using hip hop elements. Right. It's not it's not right, a right. purist kind of trip at all. Right, and so well, yeah, which is which is I guess my own personal justification for continuing it. But like, yeah. but it's this it's the most popular band I ever had because it's it's. Because every because the music is very it, it's not dark right. like a lot of my music is, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily controversial. And there's a lot of pretty boys in the band, and okay. it's very energetic. So people love. So it's a weird thing for me because I'm used to being like kind of like like in like punk rock sort of way. Not that I, uh-huh. that I play punk rock, but just in the way that like the attitude. I never yeah. I never been like a mainstream artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um so the 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 love I get for the jack the brass band freaks me out a little bit because there's festivals that hire soul brass band that would never ever hire Smokers World. You know what I mean? Well, that's great. You know, I was thinking this is almost like it was almost reminding me of like uh, George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic, where you have this stable of, you know, a whole bunch of different things you can put together depending on right. what you think you need to, you know, what what's going to suit you. But um, but but just but like like we were talking about Blurple Pain came out in 2011, 2012. Driving While Black came out in 2014, you know, but in 2020, Black Lives started to matter, you know, right? And then mm-hmm. like, everybody's asking me what what I have to say about it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, go Spotify, bitch. Like, right, what do you mean? Yeah, like, I've been I'm talking about like, this. Like, like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? So so now, like, and it's weird. Like, so again, a lot of these promoters and festival people that never hire Smokers World when I had those records. By the way, both of those records were cr- critically acclaimed. I won a lot of awards. Yeah. For Blurple Pain and for DWB, right. but I ain't get no gigs off them records because uh-huh. you know nobody wants to see, nobody wants to hear your angry black ass on stage <laughs> talking about how the fuck you getting pulled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but sure. now, no, but now, but now it's trendy to fucking love that, right? right? So, so I'm like, I'm in a weird place where it's like, oh, now I have a band that everybody loves, but but now y'all want me to be controversial. I'm like, this is, I'm, uh, that's why I'm doing, that's why I'm doing another solo record. Like, like I, I should be making another solo brass man record right now, but I'm not doing that. I'm making another smoker record, and this is why I'm like, I'm like, if y'all don't stop fucking with me over this, and like, you know, what I'm saying like, yep. with the timing, like, like, it's music. It's people trying to pretend like the timing matters. I'm like, fucking blurple pain. I'm like, I'm in, I'm on, on the cover of my own record in blackface. Yeah, like right. I'm sitting here trying to fucking tell you what's going on, right? Right. And then and then and the record that immediately comes out after that is called "Drive Me While Black." It's like, hello, I'm literally smacking you over the face. It's very present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 predicting the future, and I love that the cover of that record. It's you're kind of re uh, you're you're it, there's that kind of famous New Orleans painting. I can't remember right. the guy's name. I love it. Uh, I don't want to mess his name up, but anyway, it's a famous. 
painting where where one guy has a shirt that says bird on it, another guy's hiding right. around the corner ready to stab right. him. He's got a knife and Ferdinand. Ferdinand is his name. Yes, it's yes, artist, I, I yes, love that yes, guy. Yes. And you yeah. recreated that scene with you as right. the as the guy about to stab Bird. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I love that. It's so cool. It's very inside, but you know, it's like it's like one of those kind of you know new orleans dog whistles it's like if you if you've seen that you, you fucking know exactly what you're looking at as soon, as and, soon and everybody as knows where that, that painting's in the green room house of blues like everybody knows exactly where the painting is right it's been there the whole time right you know? right so yeah every new orleans musician gets it immediately which is funny right and people the people the funniest thing about that is the people who don't know the artist and, and their interpretations of what it is uh-huh. you know it's i've i've, I've, I've gotten some funny not funny, but like interesting um, interpretations of what people think that the meaning behind that is. You uh-huh. know? So, well, cool. wait, so <laughs> you guys, uh, you brought up George Clinton, Renee. Yeah, well, I was just saying because, you know, George Clinton had this stable of musicians right, and he would put yeah. bands together just based on, you know, who had what deal and and where he could put another band together. That and Right, exactly. I got, I got this great George Clinton story. Um, uh, he had, uh, back in the eighties, uh, does it involve crack or mushrooms? Oh, it involves. Yeah. Yeah. It involves, yeah. It, involves yeah. A, it involves a briefcase. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Well, I know. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, Derek. And, and I grew up in the eighties. Uh, a good friend of mine was flea from the red hot chili peppers. And, uh-huh. George Clinton had produced one of their early records before they got huge. He had produced one of the records. So uh, he, George was in L.A. doing some recordings at some studio. And we went to the studio, Flea and I and a couple other guys, we went to the studio to hang out with George Clinton. And he's doing all this playback stuff and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't seem very interested in us whatsoever. He's just kind of like, hey, guys, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the studio. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, right. <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, this little guy, I mean, he's about as tall as me, and I'm 5'7". You know, a little guy with a briefcase. On a good day. Yeah. He looked like, you know, he could have been one of those uh, <laughs> ambulance chasing attorneys that you see on TV all the time. Right. You know. Saul Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exact Saul Goodman. Or, uh, you know. Uh, right. That kind of guy. And, and George looks at him and goes, hey, man, what's going on? And the two of them disappear. Oh, yeah. You already know. Oh, well, yeah. They disappear. And uh, George Clinton comes back, and he's the happiest guy you ever want to see. He's like, hey, Manny, hey, Flea, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and Saul Berkowitz left. You know, <laughs> he left, and it was a party after that. I mean, okay. uh, it really was. Uh, nice. He was a good nice. guy, George Clinton. He's still, yeah, yeah, he's still yeah, alive. Yeah. We met him yes. when, 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 I was, when I was a cool well, yeah, he's still alive. When I when I was a Cool Bone, we did a few shows with him. Uh-huh. Right, I mean, I, 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 Cool Bone, another yeah, yeah. very interesting band. Another, you know, uh, funk, uh, hip hop. I was brass I was with Cool Bone. Yeah, I was a Cool Bone with Cassius and Dre, my roommates at, from Delphio's house. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but the funniest thing was, is like he was playing us this stuff that they were like a demo, basically, and it was the fucking funkiest shit I've ever heard. It was like. This is amazing. This is fucking amazing. 
And after he played it back, he goes, ah, this is shit, man. This is shit. You know, <laughs> I thought, really? You know, I'm not a musician. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, right. you know, uh, but I thought, man, I would buy this. I would dance to this. I would, you know, do anything to this music. But he was like, ah, this is shit. But it's uh, it might have just been time for another dose, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, know, maybe, yeah. you know how perception is very malleable, man. You know, you know? <laughs> can, you know a, a great idea one minute can seem like a terrible one the next. You well, know? I, I, I hope those tapes are somewhere because he need if he if he if he's if he needs money, he should release those tapes. That kind of stuff. He don't he don't need money. He's definitely good. He's definitely doing all right. Oh, I was going to say, uh, get, getting back to to some of your records and your rapping, because right. uh-huh. uh, so I was I was again, uh, you know, I, I always review everybody's material and stuff, and and you know, your rapping, it's well, first of all, your music has a lot of humor in it, which I love, you know, that's right. because it has a lot of everything it's not jokey music but you know it does have you have a good sense of humor and you're not afraid to let your personality and and i was listening to this one tune grandma cunningham from the, the <laughs> soul ep the the soul ep uh, from uh-huh. 2018 right and uh, i was thinking were you into zappa was the first thing i thought first of all Thank you for recognizing that. Yes, it's a total. That song is like almost a tribute to Frank Zappa. So I'm glad okay. that you fucking yeah. And the, it, yes. And the next yes. thing I thought is, right. are you into old dirty bastard? Because I was. He's my yeah, favorite guy in in Wu Tang. <laughs> and yeah, because because also yeah, old dirty bastard and, and also um, Biz Marquis who, who who predated old dirty bastard like right. rappers who who were more like because I feel like. And Humpty Hump, like, right, right. I'm like the I'm like the most stand up comedian who's never done stand up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like as a rapper, but like yeah, yeah. But like, but it just as me, just as a person in general. Like I'm like, 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 because I mean, I have a lot of friends that are stand, you know, because I'm an actor, so I have a lot of friends that are stand up comedians, and uh. like, I gel with them almost better than I gel with musicians. I'm like, and which, but it's it's funny because I've never done stand up. I don't, and I am and. Half the people I meet are like, you should do stand up, and I'm like, I don't. It's a way. It's a different thing, right? I, I tell them I don't hate myself that much. You know, if I hated myself 200 percent more, that would be what I would have to well, do. <laughs> like I could tell funny stories. Stand up is the hardest thing ever, right? Like I could tell funny stories and and engage with you, and 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 I have great timing. Like I could do improv. Like I could say some funny shit based on what you say to me, right? But I feel the way that they work, right? And, and or the way their brains work, I, I would say. So that I, well, my production brain is is very much rooted in like some stand up shit. Well, because I was a you know because I was a musical theater kid too, and I did poetry. So the rapping thing, to go back to your original thing, was there's you know like around I started doing like kind of the slam poetry stuff, kind of something that Tank does now. Okay. Like it was happening in the nineties, where like just expression. Like I was really into um, African American literature, like. Um, Lacey Hughes, County Cullen, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Zora Neale Hurston. Um, these are the people I read, and I read all the prose and all the poetry. So I, I wrote poems. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but I just I play jazz, and I might I would try to like write a jazz song to the poems I wrote, and like, and then at some point it just clicked. Like, wait a second, just put the poems on top of the jazz song. Like, oh wait, right, that's it, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. <laughs> like it just kind of—it just took me a while to like make that connection to be like, wait, it's what am I doing? Um, 
and your personality comes through so strong. Right. And, and as you know, like also hallucinogenics too, because I went. We okay. we were makes sense. When, when we first started Kronk too, I was I was rapping a little bit, but not that much. But then like I was playing drums and I was dropping so much acid on one of the gigs at Funky Butt. <laughs> And, 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 and OC Davis came in, and the band was so relieved. They're like, OC! And they're like, like made me on stage, and like, they're like, free me, get the fuck off the drums. So I just got off the drums, and I just grabbed the microphone, and I like, like crawled under a table. And I just started like freestyling on the mic, like, but on the, with a full headed acid. And uh-huh. I was like, and, and all the people there was like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest things we've ever seen. You're an incredible MC. I was like, I am? I was like, it's like, it's like <laughs> you know, so, nice. so. So, Derek, Derek, do you know where to get any acid right now? No, I'm not. I don't do that. All right. Stop. I can't do it anymore. Oh, all right. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's definitely a window. That's what you know, they all and, say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Troubled Nation, I guess maybe this is a shout out to the Troubled Nation. You know, it's, uh, we're, we're not making any demands, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the signal flare has been shot up. So there you right. go. Enough said. It is jazz fest technically, right? So we do have right. the Trouble Men podcast at gmail.com, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, email address if anyone wants to contact us directly. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. I like, I like right, that. Right, right. Solicitation. That's good. Yeah, I yeah, see where yeah. we are. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so, so get, getting back to, you know, your, your, talking about your education and stuff and one right. one line i i pulled out of uh, some stuff i read about you it's uh, it was uh it's a direct quote it described you as an energetic locus of creativity and pizzazz oh wow who wrote that well, I gotta... that's what i wrote i said who well, wrote uh, that? Right, right. <laughs> well i love that for <laughs> I, know, I, know. Is that, I, I was hoping you were gonna go oh, i wrote that i was gonna go of course you know no, I, didn't I, only, like that. <laughs> I did that i don't even know if i heard ways to read that again i'm gonna find that quote yeah, energetic I, I, locus you know i gotta start googling locus myself of more control not locust yeah. You know, yeah, I, like this is, uh, uh, I thought, cause, so like, I like thought a, you must, I was like, when you're talking about how much you read and I'm like, of course he wrote this. So an energetic uh, locus of creativity <laughs> and pizzazz. Tommy wow. Chong wrote that. Okay. All right, Tommy Chong go. wrote that. Okay. Manny Chevrolet with the, with the, you know, well, Manny, you you are such a, uh, a Jeopardy <laughs> um, aficionado. That's like a good Jeopardy question. Who wrote that? You know? Tommy Chong is one of my heroes, by the way. I mean, of course. Okay. Um, I'm just saying. Go um, on. No, I mean, you know, I, as an advocate for, oh, no way, stop. I got, I got my Louisiana medical card. It's happening. It's, uh, those, are, those are hard to, pro- to uh, procure, right? Hey, they're about, no, I just had to talk to the doctor on the phone for like okay, 10 well. minutes. <laughs> they're, right, well. they're sending me tincture in the mail. In the mail. The government. About sending me weed. I got the email. Excellent. We are making progress here, apparently. Yes, it's happening. It's all because you know, because you know, I have have mental, I have mental problems and back problems. Really, when I was talking to the doctor, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm a drummer. He was like, Stop. Enough said. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are nuts. (laughs) Well, it sounds like our staff physician, Renee. Maybe maybe Derek maybe Derek has the same doctor we do. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I'll have to talk to the staff physician. You know, he does come from a a line of drummers, so it uh, you know there you it's, go. It's, it's it's all connected. It's all connected, it Derek. Makes makes sense to me. 
Right, right, right. Well, so uh, you know, it feels like we're kind of uh, we're kind of uh, you know bringing it in for a landing here. One other thing, you know, you're talking about your acting career uh-huh. um, and odd places you show up. You, well, you, if you do a ton of work, you're going to show up. You know, even if people aren't really looking for you, you're just going to go be in front of their eyes. And and you right. were in front of my eyes on the follow up. Juan LaFonta commercial. That's, oh, God. That, You're that in that was, commercial? That was celebrating the initial success, <laughs> the initial phenomenal. Uh, you, know, uh, you know you know what pisses me off about that? I mean, first of all, I love Juan LaFonta's a good friend of mine. He was he was my okay. one of my class, one of my classmates at UNO, actually. He didn't steal that ambulance, did he? No, no, but look. <laughs> no, he, was, so, he was right behind it. But anyway. The funniest thing about that, though, is that, you know, like, I mean, like Manny, you know, we got. I got an IMDb page. I got credits. I've done. I've been in some shit, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every sometimes, occasionally, people recognize me from things, but like, the fucking that thing was crazy. <laughs> Everybody recognized like, you. I could that. go nowhere. You know, I could go nowhere in New Orleans for like a year. People were like, why the fuck? I'm like, please don't scream. Please don't fucking scream that at me. Like, why is this happening? I called Juan. I was like, motherfucker, I should have asked away. You should have paid me way more for that. He was like, no, right. you should be thanking me. I was like, no, asshole. Uh, uh, like, you, you discredited my whole career with one goddamn 30 second commercial. Well, I, <laughs> the same thing for me, man. I did that uh, Morris Bart commercial. Right. There you go. I ran for mayor four times, but people remember me now for the Morris Bart commercial. Exactly. Really? Yeah. I saw you, Morris Park commercial. I, you were good in that commercial, man. Oh, I was fabulous. Yeah, yeah, I was really good. <laughs> I, I, I was method. I was totally method acting. <laughs> man is an excellent actor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, and, and yeah, he is no man. Yeah, he in common. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I've, uh, you know, uh, my, uh, my work uh, from the eighties until today. It, it, you know, it's it holds it, up. It holds up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's solid. There's no, there's no embarrassing performances. No, 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 except no. on this show. There's maybe. Well, no. I mean, you know, that's what the show is all about. Yeah, man. right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, Derek. Let me ask yes, you sir. a question. Uh huh. I want to ask. I ask guests from now and from now and then. You know. Time okay, this is a segment I'm I'm starting to name uh, Manny's Choice. Yeah. Manny's uh, Choice. Soph- Sophie's Choice, you know, where there's no, right, right. Good, there's no good answer. Uh, but Derek, I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you this question. Um, would you rather go rock climbing really fucked up and drunk mm. or surfing really fucked up and drunk? Ooh, I yeah, you're right. Mm. I, obviously, neither. But I would say you have to choose one, dude. You have to. Choose I would say one. surfing because I I, I I I like my chances better swimming my way out of trouble than falling off a fucking cliff. <laughs> so there, okay. there you go. All, All right. right. Okay. Okay. What about you, Renee? Okay, I'm gonna take a little different tack, Manny, and I like this one because it doesn't involve any bathroom activity. So I like I like this version of of the your question. Um, I'll say that I'm going to go rock climbing. Not that I would ever do that, <laughs> but were I to be in that situation, I feel like I could find some little perch, some little bird perch that I could put my narrow ass on and just sit there and, and wait up. for a helicopter to come and 
rescue me or for me to die. And either way, I'd be fine with that. I'd, it would be much better than to be in the water. Cause I don't so know. you're not a strong swimmer? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was on the swim I was on the swim teams. That's why I was like, no, I'm good. Okay, I get, well, I was definitely not uh, on the swim uh, team, Derek. I could so, I get, uh, I, get, I, get, I could do that. I'm good. Well, I grew up, I grew up in L.A. with a pool, so I, I would hmm. rather do the swimming because I'm a very strong swimmer. Okay, you no, know. No, um, so you would I, rather I really be, like to take a bath, Manny. So you know. well, yeah, I know. <laughs> we know that you know standing <laughs> next to you, we know that, right? Yeah. You know? um, but anyway, okay, well that's good. good I'm question. Glad. I like I like that. Yeah, well, no, like, what would you do? You said you'd take the Oh, uh, I would definitely take the swimming. Because if I were to drown, I think drowning would be a lot more peaceful way to die than falling off a cliff. It'd be faster. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you guys are are you guys are are uh, like cuz cuz you you break you break all your bones and you sit there in pain for like a few minutes before you like Shock yeah, out. No, no. And I couldn't, you, I couldn't you, fall. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. You just fall and you, you have a heart attack yeah. while you're falling. And then, like, you break all your bones and you sit. I was right. never a okay, strong with climber either. That's right. the thing. I'm never a strong climber. Right. You know, in jungle gyms and stuff like that as a kid, I was never very strong at that. Even stairs are tough for you, man. Yeah, seen well, yeah. Right stairs yeah. are there. Also, y'all know black people don't do that shit. <laughs> Actually, neither one. Black people don't rock climb nor surf, but the likelihood of a black surfer is a more there's more probability of that than rock climbing. Like way more, okay. actually. Like there's no way nobody nobody black is about to fucking attach themselves to a rock and climb. That shit don't happen. You already know. <laughs> right. why? Because why? Why? It's just like jump, like like you know, skydiving. There can't we, be a, a ton of black people that want to skydive, right? We don't. Why? We, why we don't like, do that. We don't like ropes and shit that hangs from ropes. We we we. we, we <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. Fuck y'all! No, I already know what's happening. I'm look. I'm not. Hey, I, yeah, I'm not ziplining. None of that shit. J- j- well, right. Just right. the unnecessary chances. Right. You're not exactly. jaywalking. You're not doing any yeah. of that shit, right? Yeah. yeah. No, right. I, I agree with that. I use all of that as a rule of thumb. I think I, I like to avoid all those same activities. So yes, <laughs> I, I, I com- that completely resonates with me. Right. Anyway, well, uh, I think we've we've all had plenty to drink here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should probably probably wind this. <laughs> Up, huh, Manny? <laughs> yeah, let's wind it up, man. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Derek. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm about to go. I'm literally, yeah, I gotta go because I'm about to go sit in with Mike Dillon and George Porter. Like, I literally gotta leave. Okay, all right. Well, you know, tell George he owes me like 80 bucks, man. That's not gonna happen. George, George doesn't give a fuck about you, by the way, just so you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, just know that. George has been on the podcast. I, we want to get Mike Dillon on the podcast. Mike Dillon is a, is a madman. Yes, yes. yes so Where are you playing? They're playing the Southport Hawks. Mike Dillon, George, Terrence uh, Higgins, and I think um, yes. Brian Haas. And I text Mike, and he was he, he told me, he was like, come rap, cousin. And, you know, and George calls me Smokey. I don't know why, but it's, I can't cuss him out about it. I'm like, you know, it's Smoker. I never corrected him. 
He's like, Smokey, get on stage. I'm just like, yes, sir. Just get on stage. Well, you know, that's what Sinatra well, called uh, Sammy Davis. Right. Smokey. Well, that was that was called racism, Renee. <laughs> I'm struggling. No, it's because he smoked I, all I know. Time. I'm not being no, still. I'm yeah. fucking with you. <laughs> but I'm saying maybe it's a, a throwback callback to that, you know. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's, probably. That's, that's, that's a romantic idea. Anyway. I, I love George. But it's, I'm about to go sit in with them. I got to go. There nice. was a lot of fucking fun. I told you I was going to be good. I knew you would be. We didn't even get to your grievances. You know, oh, like, well, uh, well, we talked to Willa, Latoya. We, we have time now. We'll just have to, we'll have to save them for part two. There you go. Derek. Save your grievances for the election, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can have a, uh, we can have you guys on together and we'll have some, some. We'll make sure I stay right next to Manny in all the debates. I'm going to talk shit about all the candidates in his ear. Right. See, so we double down. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good show. And Renee, it's time to sign off to the nation. Yes. What do we always say? As always, we like to say, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Love it. Trying to test your boiling points and the